what's uh what's going on out there daryl like uh we're at the end of summer so many things are going on i don't even know what to talk about today i know what we won't talk about for sure aliens i don't even think anything happened with aliens like this week why i don't know they're busy uh, shooting planes out of the sky over over russia no you didn't see that did you see that i see everything Prigozhin's plane did you see Prigozhin? you know who Prigozhin is i i i know him personally he was at my uh it's uh, uh he was at my christmas uh, uh get together it's irrelevant uh, it's irrelevant i forget what the hell the story was that i wanted to tell what the hell? What were we talking about? Please subscribe. And well, um, you came on the show and you told me how great my hair looked. And yeah. then you said that we were going to talk about that. aliens. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea, Daryl. I think idea. that the people came here to talk about real estate and that real hearing estate. about all your alien stories. You know, Is it a put these, off? these alien stories today are just like the, the alien stories from the 1970s. You know, like please subscribe. And they're really like loosely corroborated. You know what I mean? And technology today, now it's like, finally, we were like, only if we had video evidence to recount Mr. Jones's story of the alien abduction. And now we have all this video because video is everywhere, but people are just making things up on video, whatever they want to do now. And everyone's just like, look, we got video now. I don't believe video. Haven't you seen the deep fakes? Did you see India's moon landing this week? Please subscribe. And you're going to deep fake me eventually out of this show. eventually yeah you're gonna just record my voice enough and just have the image of me i think it's possible actually right siding with you on every point that yeah no who the hell would watch that geez nobody that's the answer would watch that i mean nobody nobody watches this why would they watch this agreement with things that doesn't sound exciting no but seriously i thought i had this wonderful great story to tell and it popped in my head and it literally popped right back in it wasn't meant to be yeah I'm busy, TK. Like, I'm not used to being this busy. But yeah. I, maybe I won't be so busy anymore. Well, I'm going to bring you more deals. I can promise you that. I'm I not going to uh, I'm not gonna uh, let go just because one deal's uh, sour and, uh, you know, might not work out. I was excited. We, there's, always another, there's always another deal around the corner. I've already got another deal, actually, to be honest with you. I know, but I like this one. And, you yeah. know, we were into it and we spent a bunch of money on it. But... Uh, Listen, sometimes things don't work out. Unfortunately, we're like yeah. this close. I know. You know, sometimes you get poor guidance from, look from at all the, the other side, right? Look at all like, so one, I mean, one of the deals that I got to bring you is the person's in trouble, but like the um, State View Home stuff, they just sold one of the sites up there in Barrie, right? So they had, I love how they marketed it. Like in the, in the, uh, the press release, right? As, we had a list of 1,100 potential buyers and influencers, right? Mm. So they had the list, which led to 37 you know, confidentia- confidentiality agreements being signed, mm. which further led to five offers on the table, which further led to two more offers coming in and one offer finally being accepted by, you know, a local guy in that area. Is this true? Or this it's true. Is yeah, like yeah. The first, the first debut homes, uh, came on, right? 
Hmm. Yeah. Look who's here. Vass, Vass already knows about it. I'm. You know, I don't need to tell you about it, Daryl. He knows What's everything. Happening? It seems he knows, he knows everything. everything. He's on the ball. This guy. He is. On He's on the police. He's got. I know all. nothing. He's got nothing. all the all the insider scoops. He he helps the news people write those articles. He's got like designation. He's got like letters after his name. Oh my god! Yeah. This is important right here. Where's the background? No what happened to the map that you got? You know what? The map. The map needs to get framed. I'm redoing an office uh, in my house for uh, specifically for this. Mm. So I'm just our redoing show. stuff. It's in the middle of uh, construction. Specifically for our show. That's what I heard. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I want to be a, a regular on here. When you so. come back on, you want to have that sort of like familiarity, right? When people come on, they go, oh yeah, the map guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I like the There's black background about. guy. I like, I like the, the black background. Better. The background, yeah, it seems like professional. But you the map's kind of cool. Yeah. You know what? The map not framed. You know what? It's not that good. And also people are like, Oh, why are you focusing on the east? Why are you focusing on the north? Why about why not the west? I'm mm. like, I'm tired of explaining it, man. The west is tapped out. There's no there's no money in the west. But I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. Ooh, no money shots in the fired. west. It's no saturated. money in the west. That's Oversaturated in the west, but the east is not. No, no not oh. even close. No, not even close. If you if you go Durham East, or and you know, like I'm talking from call it from Oshawa. All the way to Belleville, that is not saturated. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in there in the future. I'm talking from here to Peterborough. I'm talking from here to Barrie. These are kind of the areas. And look, I'm I'm biased. I have my reasons for it. I know developers that they're putting money there. So um, that's just my take, man. Listen, it's just one guy's take. One guy this on the is, internet. This, there's this a lot is of guys on in, the internet. This is as an investor. As an investor, yeah. My, as an mindset, investor, right? Let's is, say, it's undervalued in the East. Mm. Yeah, and less competition. That's the thing. Like everybody less goes competition from buyers. Yeah, from prospective buyers, developers, builders, who else? whoever. Other agents? I don't know. Oh, okay. No, no, just in general, man. In general, yeah. if you oh, want to make sense, money actually. over yeah. the next call it 10 to 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. Do you go Hamilton? Do you go Waterloo? Do you go to all these places or do you go east? I don't know. I'm of the opinion. Of going east mind you like for full transparency i'm already invested there so i stand to benefit from it but yeah that's how Let's i pump it. up well you're not moving any markets with this show so don't worry yeah, about yeah, what yeah. Say here, you never okay? know man one Be day honest. one day one day well, we're yeah. gonna move markets but right now we can't even I, I agree with your sentiment i believe that um the west because of the airport has always built up there's always been more jobs there's always been more opportunities there was always uh, better density lay of the land now we got, you know, huge things happening in Pickering. Pickering's, uh, you know, going to meet their targets for housing. We've got uh, a casino now. Green belt swaps. We've got Pickering. Nice... That's the biggest green belt swap that they're doing right there in Pickering. And it's right. beautiful. Like, log if you think about it logistically, that area makes perfect sense for a swap. 100%. 100%. But you got to tell the environment. What does that mean? Not... Hold on. Does that mean that you're in support of the uh, moves that the government made? Or you can... I am not. We... I am in... Look, listen, I'll, I'll be very clear. I am indifferent. I am indifferent. I, I can't, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just yeah. using common sense and logic. Sure. Where did they extend the 407? I just follow dollars, infrastructure dollars. Look at Ontario growth plan. Where is it going? They just updated in 2020 or 2021. Money is going to Peterborough. Money is going to the east. There's some money going to the north. There's pressure being put on the 404 corridor. I have yeah. clients that are, they, they don't even care if there's nothing set for the 404 corridor. But they're all land banking in and around it because they're expecting the outer boundaries to get expanded. They're expecting something's going to happen, right? Because you're going to go to where the infrastructure is. 
right? What about sure. the Bradford bypass? Same thing. Like, you know, where is that at? Like if Doug Ford stays in power chances, I'm assuming they're going to push that through. What's going to happen with all that land up there? So there's just a lot of, I guess, I don't know, not economies of scale, but there's just momentum in those areas. So in the West, I think it's just tapped out too. And it's again, a lot of competition. So in the East, it's a little bit, a little bit easier. Guys, wait, 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 wait. We didn't ask them to like, comment and subscribe. We almost forgot. I feel like we're begging lately, but it's working. Okay, don't so listen, just do guys, it. Guys, don't like it. Don't go. comment and don't yeah. subscribe on this channel. No, please like and subscribe so we can keep this thing going, man. Let's get these guys to, I don't know, what's time. the goal for the end of the year? We Six already hit it. So now we need no, 5, no, forget 000. that. No, that's old news. 6,000. Let's go for... Fine. That's too little, man. That's All right, six. Let's stretch, kill it. Stretch goal, 6K. 6K. Everybody? Please like and subscribe for the 6K, all right? And there's going to be a giveaway. What's the giveaway at 6K? Mug. You get a Canadian real Canadian estate real show estate mug. Okay, and I'll throw in a City Estates hoodie. Whoa! Whoa. There's for Swag. Support network. Yeah. All right, I'm the sponsor, unofficial sponsor of the channel. Of the 6,000K. 6,000 subscriber. Only at that point. Celebration. Only at that point. Nothing less. When we hit 6K, that's when we hold up the Vaz City (laughs) t-shirt. Sponsored by. (laughs) Sponsored by. Like, I think we were the, I'm the, we're the only people I've ever heard saying like it, it kind of makes sense because if anybody can get housing onto the market fast, it's the guys whose land was just released as residential, right? With a, Let's with be a realistic. gun to their head that says if you don't get it on, it's going to return back to the green belt. Well, there's lose billions. There's guns going both ways, I'm pretty sure, and this is a duel, but uh, I think it's be- it's it's got to be a net benefit to Ontario if we are really trying to actually build some more houses faster. But yeah, who wants to live? Are in we like? Are we really trying to build more houses faster? Did you see Paul Evra a couple days ago? What he said, like the average, and, and this I want to tie into what what Vaz's last video was about, like the average monthly payment in Canada on a mortgage right now is thirty five hundred dollars. Thirty five hundred dollars. Okay, and I I know because I I follow Vaz on every platform that he's on. Like he's in the middle of renewing his his mortgage right now, or maybe he's finished and he hasn't let us on. Not but yet. like, this is uh, this is not a good time to be a Canadian at all, unless you have like mountains of cash, right? So I'll give you a quick quick and not anecdote. Actually, I think it's a pretty good source. So. Uh, I've been a customer with a big five bank for 24 years, like since I was a little teenager, right? So I'm part of their loyalty program. And uh, as part of being this part of this loyalty program, I got a call about a week ago from their mortgage renewal loyalty specialist. And all this guy does is if you've been with a bank for X amount of years, they basically call you one or two months prior to renewal to make everything easier for you. These are the rates we're offering right now. That These are the posted rates. This is what I can offer you. So all this guy does is call people every single day to renew mortgages. And he's been doing it for years. So I'm like, perfect. I'll go through the whole thing with him. And then I'm going to ask him questions. I figured it would be just good insight. So he says he makes, I can't remember how many calls he makes, but he has roughly 50 to 80 conversations per day with people that are about to renew. And I asked him, well, based on those conversations, what are these conversations like? Because I'm assuming people are feeling the pinch. Are they feeling the pinch or are they, are they not? And he said, basically out of, out of the 50, one will admit, like, listen, I probably will have to sell my house because I cannot carry this home at renewal. 
One will consider I have to reamortize the entire thing. So let's say I have 10 years left on my mortgage. I'm going to reamortize to 25 just to keep the payment the same. So those are the two people that are struggling the most. So that's call it, you know, five less than 5% of people. Everybody else is like, listen, I'm just going to delay that car purchase. I'm going to stop going out. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take my kids out of this activity and I'm going to save. Because think about it. Who's going to take on the humiliation of losing their home? Like, like that is literally the absolute last thing you're going to do unless you have absolute no, absolutely no choice. So obviously there are people like that. So from his sample size, let's say less than 5% are verbalizing the fact that they are in trouble. And he says there's probably another percentage. We don't know what that is that they wouldn't just admit it on the phone call that they're also struggling and are possibly considering it. But the ones that they're verbalizing, it's like 5%. So I found that interesting because to me, that number seems low relative to... Total bullshit. Nobody's being honest. Come on. I Yeah, I think you're right. I think people are holding back, right? For and sure. they're just kind of kicking the can down the road. So it's, but it's still interesting that he, as somebody, I think that's probably the person on the ground that would hear it first. And he's like, you know what? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing people fire selling or, or having to sell. But no. I think people wait until the very last moment. People are waiting to see if they qualify. And that because is the decision maker. Because if you don't qualify, like, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you stay with your existing lender, you don't have to qualify. They just renew you at your existing mortgage. The question then becomes, can you pay your bills? Whatever, whatever rate, whatever rate that they want to give you. You don't have any right, whatever leverage is the on them now. Yeah. Right. So you can't negotiate really because it's yeah. like, where are you going to go? Like if you have to requalify with somebody else, good luck. But that's and the same as qualifying. If you can't fucking afford the rate that they force upon you, you don't qualify. Well, like it's, by it's, default, what's, afford, right? what's affording mean, right? So it's like, remember, everybody's well, had the their thing. total debt service ratios taken into account. And so now maybe you don't qualify to go to a new bank because your your debt service ratios will be at 50%. But it's, you know, you just got to stop buying stuff and that, you know, you can still at least pay the bills. This is a recipe bills. for disaster. I know. For, I mean, like, that's why we have those ratios. That you don't. But, but, but the ratios were afford, from before when it was half the price, when it was half so, the rate. Hold, hold on. So just yeah, quit. They were stress tests. They've been stress tests since 2017. So the yeah, lowest do that. qualifying I'm not a mortgage guy, but I can just tell you kind of like how it usually, how it plays out based on what I've seen with clients. So if if you're staying with the same lender, you don't have to requalify, which is why a lot of people are staying with the lenders. They're not shopping around because they may be at risk of not getting a mortgage, right? So that's number one. Number two, I think there's some programs at the banks that they will allow you to extend your amortization by five years if you can prove hardship without having to requalify. Because think about it, the banks don't want this catastrophe to happen. They don't want homes to go up for sale, blah, 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 right? The people that are mostly in trouble are the ones that bought since kind of like when COVID started. Everybody else prior to that is up on equity um, for the most part, right? And the ones that are in trouble, you've already seen the sales come through. Like I've done two deals already this year where the people were in trouble, they sold, the market was favorable, they got out unscathed, let's call it. So these sales are already flowing through and they have been flowing through for the last maybe 12 months. I don't know, TK, you would have a good idea on that as well. But I feel like those have already been coming through the system. And I think more are going to continue coming through the system. But the ones that bought, I don't know, 2018 and prior, I mean, are you really in trouble? Because I've done the math. Your mortgage is going to go up, I don't know, to the tune of, let's say, 20 to 40%, which is a lot of money. Who's, but who's, who's, whose income went up like that? No, okay, nobody's. But again... 20 to 40% on a $2,000 mortgage is very different than- It's absorbable a for a while. 
That's the yeah. But, but he already mentioned though, Jared, for a the, while. the uh, amortization period would then get changed. So right. someone's in real trouble oh. where they really, really yeah, you have really that option. Have it's called got, interest you know, only less, loans. Less income. Right? No, no, no. Thirty year mortgage. Thirty year doesn't help most people in these cases. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help you if you bought in two thousand eighteen with does. cash flow. Let's just flow. take for for example, okay? I don't know about you guys, but I would drive up north of like Elgin Mills and drive through these subdivisions, okay? And I'm like, who the fuck has money? Two point four million for this shit, okay? Rows and rows of people that have two point four million for this shit, right? Like. So these people, chances are, well, I don't know, but a bunch of them must have a million something dollar mortgage, okay? And I don't care if your equity in the market went up and you didn't sell, you still need to borrow a shit ton of money when renewal comes. And that money just doubled in price, maybe more than doubled in price, right? And so, like, I don't think we've seen that whole fallout yet. I don't think that's come up yet because... Like you're saying, like on a few thousand dollars, yeah, 20, 40 percent, people can actually absorb it if their bank doesn't force them to prove they can do it again. Right. Some people can borrow more or have some resources to pay for a few months. But then it's like, hold on a sec. Reality has to set in. Can I keep paying thirty five hundred or forty five hundred or sixty five hundred a month for this goddamn thing? Because the prices aren't going up anymore. It's all beautiful for everyone when the prices keep going up and up and up. But I don't know. Do we think prices are going to go up again soon? Are they? Where are prices right now? Last I heard, where they were going down. No. Huh? I look. They've been trying to TK. Yeah. TK, tell me what you think. I'll tell you my opinion. I wonder what you're saying. Uh, yeah. they've been trending down. Um, my showings ticked up this week. I don't know. Sold a couple this week, and all of a sudden, people were outbidding again. And yeah. So this is so funny. You just said this. I'm sensing the exact same thing in the last week. I have an open house after this. It's I'm I'm assuming I have a feeling it's going to be slammed. I've had a ton of showings way I, unexpected, completely unexpected. I thought it's going to be slow. In fact, we thought about we're going to list this place just to see because the people are on vacation. They have a dog. We didn't want to restage everything. And if it didn't work, we're going to relist in September. But it's been really busy. And I've already had somebody come and try to buy it with a bully offer. I had a, another close friend. They were in a bully offer situation yesterday, so it's very strange. What's the price point? Price point. Uh, so this one is under a million. The one I'm talking about with the bully offer yesterday was in the just under two. Under uh, two. Outside okay. of Toronto, so these are uh, outskirts, so call it like York region type. That's so, a whole other discussion. It's very listen. It's the the market seems to have picked up, but here's what I can share. Like in terms of pricing, I mean, the the stats are going to come out. I don't know if you guys have seen. I started. I trended out. I created a 15 year trend line for pricing, volume, and how much we sell because I'm sick and tired of people saying, "Yeah, prices are down." What the hell does that mean? If prices are down, is it down because in the summer prices usually drop four percent and that's the normal, or did they drop eight percent? Because then, to me, really, prices are down above seasonal norms. Then it's something to worry about, right? So it seems to me now, over the last two months, we've kind of set in a groove we're back at seasonal norms so prices are dropping but they're dropping the normal four percent we see dropping in august let's say and then in september they go back up the only thing do we take into account the stuff that nobody wants to take into account like the last couple of years the covid years or do we so i've that taken completely? i have done seasonality trends for the last 15 years with the covid years and without at the trend line because you're using 15 years of data it's pretty much the same because okay. it smooths out those crazy years so it's a great question 
And the one thing I've noticed that the only thing that's out of sync right now is we're not selling as much as we seasonally sell. So we're selling or absorbing maybe 75% of what we usually do in a summer market. So the summer market's slower, but we're 25% slower than we typically Where's are. Where's inventory time. at seasonally? So the inventory, it's funny. The inventory, because we're way below, we're still catching up. We're, st we're kind of at trend where we usually are, but we were below trend for such a long time, which is what was propping up prices in my opinion. So September, I mean, August stats are going to come out soon. We'll see what it uh, shows. But it seems to me we've hit seasonality in everything except absorption. So Isn't stuff that, is not uh, moving. It's a dangerous, uh, very dangerous diversion right now, right? Very dangerous. They're both going the wrong way. Yeah, they're 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 hitting norms, but they're both going the wrong way. Absolutely, no, I agree with you. That, so that's my only concern. I have look over the next thirty days. I have I have this listing, and I have four coming out. And the one I'm concerned about is the one that you just mentioned, you know, the Elgin Mills two and a half million. So this is something similar. This is in Markham between two and three million. And this is the one where we had, we had to have a conversation multiple times with the sellers. It's like, Hey, I don't know what to expect here. It's very different. Like st stuff at this price point is sitting. And I see some discounts being given up relative to where the market was in the April above and beyond seasonality. So, you know, I don't know what September brings. Yeah. That's, that's another good point. That's a good observation is price point as well, too. Lower price points, I would say, have been insulated Why? from price yeah. price declines. But those higher price points above $2 million, how many people can afford to buy a $2 million house? Like, how big is that market? You know, who are yeah. those people, right? I sold one that... Um, what do they do uh, for 1.8. It was 1.8. We sold it a little while back. And uh, I'm following the buyer uh, who uh, bought our property. And they haven't been able to sell their home yet. They're at about 1.4, right? So we still well, got lots of time, but it's kind of just like, geez, you know, like get it on at the right price and get it sold, you know, like, like stop wasting time here. Right. So Daryl, this is this. So the, the buyer for TK's property is the upsizer and the upsizer yeah. is the single biggest group of people that have been taken out of the market because nobody's going to give up their, you know, two and a half percent mortgage for a $1.2 million home to move into a $1.8 million home and take on an additional 600 or whatever at 5.8%. Nobody's going to do that. So this is why I think the $2 million properties are at risk because the guys with the 1.5, 1.6, they're not moving. It's just not no. worth it for them. Or, yeah. or you have to eat the, in the guys, the guys, who, the guys who I sold actually, yeah, they, they moved up. Like they jumped up into two and a half and it was like a big jump. That's not, that's not Oof. normal. Um, but if you can do that jump right. now, you're okay. I think no? it's unique situations. Like I got another guy uh, this week that we sold and, uh, He's jumping up and his mortgage is going up like four or 500%. It's just his situation. Oh. His, situ his situation is now allowing for that. You know, there's, there's, that? I know, long story short is his situation. This is what makes sense for him. Right. So, right. um, this is not normal, right? Like, this is not right. like the advice What's I would normal? give anybody. Like, you have no idea what I did with this guy before I let him even go look at houses. Mm. I was like, are you sure? Like, we can renovate your house. Like, I was like, literally like, all stay, over him. Stay. He was just like, I'm ready to like go right now. And I'm like, no, you're not. Uh, I'm like, nobody's doing what you're doing right now. But in the yeah. end, it seems like this is the best move for him. But um, you know, these are the these are the challenges you have. And Vaz is right. It's like, how do you convince someone to take on more mortgage right now and at these rates and to let them know that this is, you know, uh the right idea? I mean, from for most people, it's just not. How many people do you think in this uh market? 
that are, that have to renew or that need to buy, or even you, Vaz, did you consider moving away as part of your your options? So I, I don't want to use myself as an example because I'm one of those guys that... Um, I've been sitting always... at the dinner table with my family lately going, guys, like, it's getting really dumb here. Like, well, it's well, not... Yeah, but that's a different conversation, though. Listen, you know, back, like, tightening up... Not even politically. Like, just financially. It's like, even right. if you have money, now you got to go, do I really want to spend it on this? Like, do I have to do this here? Right. Like, does it make sense to still do it here? Because there's got to be places that don't take all your money after you make it. Uh, right. Like, like people must. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's because I'm up for renewal, too. And I'm like, yeah. do I really want to keep doing this? Saskatchewan. Right? Do but yeah. I don't know if it's Canada, quite oh, honestly. Man. Right. Like, what the fuck is going on with this place with taxes and with prices? It's like. It's not going to come down to affordable levels ever, right? Like, what's the model say is affordable now with with incomes? Two thousand six prices. Yeah. So what the fuck? Like, it's, it's, who, who isn't honestly thinking about getting the fuck out of this place now? It's funny. I have actually, I have a very diverse group of friends, and the ones that are getting hit the hardest, I think, and the ones that are feeling it the most where they're questioning whether or not it's worthwhile staying here are the high income earners. And when I say high income earner, right. I'm saying anybody making, let's say 200 K plus hundred K that's is nothing great money. Now. Yeah. The hundred K used to be great. It just doesn't go that far. So I say 200 K is like, kind of like, okay, you're making decent money, right? You should be able to live a good life. And I have to say, man, people Not are strong. starting to question yeah. it because it's like when your effective tax rate is call it, I don't know, 40% and then you're paying HST of 13% and then you're paying carbon tax and then you're paying land property tax, tax and, and then you're paying tax. land transfer tax or double. It's just you it's start 80%. to question it. I've always said in this country, the per, and this is part of why I'm happy I'm no longer part of that cohort, is being a high income earner on a T4, which on a salary is... Honestly, the the it's batshit crazy here because they actually they they raid these people and these are the people that are supporting everything that's happening and they're absolutely crushing them by taking more than half, right? So did I you, can understand from their point of view what's the point. Did you see uh, Shazzy? You know at Shazzy Goalie on uh, Twitter yes, or yeah. X. Ninety percent of Canadians won't qualify for the average home in Canada. Oh yeah, minimum. Income required is a hundred and eighty thousand dollars. No, makes no like sense. Two hundred grand. Got I, I look. But I'm take, older than you take guys. Take Toronto and Vancouver out of that, because this is what I think people are. are they they harp on these numbers, Daryl. They love it. Right now, the new stat is that uh, thirty-five to forty-four-year-old millennials are you know having a two hundred and fifty percent debt-to-income ratio, and that's unsustainable because twenty years ago it was only one hundred and fifty percent to uh, ratio. All this stuff doesn't matter if you have equity in the home already. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter oh. what the price of a home is. If my mortgage, if my loan to value is only thirty, forty, fifty percent, whatever it is, right? I get it. New people getting into the market. It's no. tough. It's only the wealthy. I get it. It's only the people who are going to be able. So when we say like this lady can't afford or the average income can't afford or a, a guy with you know two doctors who are married to each other can't afford. Well, those two doctors 
they already have equity coming from somewhere else. And that's yeah. why they can't afford. They're not going to go and buy a 20% down, 80% loan to value property for the first time and buy. Nobody does that. I think, TK, you bring up a great point. The, so, the whole argument about income to house prices, that train left maybe 10 years ago. It hasn't been relevant for like 10 years. All these expensive homes are being bought with rollover equity. Like nobody's... Yeah. No, it became relevant again when they made... <clears throat> When they made the stress tests and they forced everybody to get their aunt and their uncle and their cousin and their brother on title as a guarantor. Because no, but I'm saying not relevant for the stats. I'm saying not relevant for, oh. for affordability. Because, because Vancouver and Toronto, in order to be able to own in this market, it does take some sort of equity coming from yeah. family or another property to buy. That's just the way it is. It's been like, like that for a little while. Exactly. Sure. We, we've Lately. disconnected from the income yeah. ratio a long time ago. And here's, yeah. here's a stat I saw a while back that to this day, people need to pay attention to. Canada is the sixth highest, most attractive, most uh, desirable country by high net worth individuals. And I believe that's 30 million plus. And I think we bring in like, I think, don't quote me on the numbers, but I think about 2,000 a year come here yeah. in some form or another. Toronto is number 12 out of all the global cities for the most desirable place for high net worth individuals. So you have a lot of- But they don't do anything. They don't do, they, they do, just buy a yes, house. They, no, they but don't. But again, that's- They don't build a house. They don't build no. the stuff. So the prices keep going crazy and crazy and getting further and further out of reach for the people that actually need to do the shit. And that's I, I, why I, I it- agree. It, it explodes because you know what? Everybody wants to live in those two cities that- that, that we're talking about. Nobody wants to go anywhere else. So how do you make it that they want to actually stay there? Because even Ford gets up in front of everybody and goes, let's be real, everybody. Like 60% of these people are going to end up in Ontario soon, one way or another. Like, how do you deal with that? It's funny. And it's not only that they're going to end up here. The ones that go elsewhere, they might boomerang and come back here anyway when they realize Saskatchewan may not be the play. You know what I mean? So right. there's that too. But what happens but to Saskatchewan and Alberta when Toronto and Vancouver fall? But we're gr we're grouping good. Canada together with Toronto and Vancouver. And that's what you have to do is you have to take out any stat that people talk about nationally. I want to see when you take out Toronto and Vancouver, how we fare, right? And any you can go out now we're out of the city and you can buy a house. It's not a big deal. Yeah, like it's not a big deal. What are you talking about? Guys Go are buying $1.8 million townhouses in like Belleville or like. Listen, you got it. I've muted. I have muted a lot of accounts on Twitter because I'm sick and tired of listening to all the nonsense. Okay. Because Twitter is an aggregator of shit. Okay. I'm telling you, I went and looked at multifamily in Trenton. Yeah. For just over a million dollars that brings in 10 grand a month in rent. Okay. I'm not talking cap rates. Forget cap rates. I'm what getting does it cost though? What does that make bucks. at the end of the month? Million bucks? A million bucks, eight NOI done, done, done. So probably like a let's five, keep six, it super yeah. simple. Let's keep it super simple. I just sold one of my, my properties here in downtown Toronto. Sold it for 560. It they the people that bought it rented out for 2500 bucks. Let's prorate it. Let's say they paid 500000 That equates to $2,200 per month they're getting out of that condo. They completely shit the bed with this thing. I don't know why they bought it, but anyway, that's their prerogative. Then you can go to Trenton. The equivalent condo, let's say, make that half a million a million and times the rent by two, that brings in $4,400 in Toronto money. But in Trenton, I'm getting 10 grand. I'm getting more than double the rent. So just, 
an hour out of the city, you can still buy property, man. It's still out there. It's still affordable. Yeah, it's not posh. It's not whatever, but you can find accommodations. You can find housing. But again, just what are you going to do about commuting and jobs? That's the question. What jobs so, do these people have though, really? Like, I mean, Trenton, at the end of the day, like, aren't they all just like village people, you know, like a construction worker? Like and YMCA all... village people? Or... Yeah, so you know what I mean? Here, like they're one's a police out. officer and one's like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, can't they go to these other places? Like, why is it that everyone feels like Toronto is this huge opportunity and that you only can get a good job here? I'm pretty sure they have jobs other places. And well, that I can tell you as an immigrant, but they don't have parents, enough. When, when we arrived here in, in mm -hmm. the late 90s, my parents, they chose Toronto. It's because there's a bit of a support network. There are other immigrants. If you go to oh. Bob Cage in Ontario or if I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Find a what, shoe what in Bob Cage. You got to go there. You got to start. <laughs> you know, you nobody speaks the language. Yeah, you don't speak the language. Yeah. You don't know what to do. No one's so like that's you. why it's, it's like the melting pot is here. I mean, can you venture out eventually? Probably. But for immigrants, it's just. Safer you want to sow the, the fields. Rally up support. the troops and say, guys, let's go start our own village up in, uh, you know, Temiskaping or wherever. Yeah. Right? Or Maynooth, Ontario, man. Maynooth, Ontario. I hear it's good. I was, right? I was talking to my friend last night and he was telling me his, his, his buddy just bought a townhouse in, fuck, I forget where, but it was like way west for 1.8 million. And I was like, like no, I don't know what. That's crazy. Yeah, these are just outliers. Not lying so. to me. These are outliers. I'm not saying like, who cares? Outliers. Lying, but I'm just saying it's an it's outlier. Like, sometimes it's not people an outlier. have There's misinformation. Subdivisions of these things. One point eight million townhouse, Daryl. Come on. Come it's an outlier. Even in Oakville, that you know, you can get a townhouse for one point two it, or one point three. It's supposedly like a beautiful townhouse, and it's like thirty five hundred square feet. So like, it makes sense, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, this is the shit feet. out there. Maybe that's a different you story. See, yeah, yeah. But all these crazy people are lining up for 1.6, $1.8 million houses that were even like more expensive a year ago. They're still lining up in droves for this stuff. Like something is fundamentally completely upside down and backwards here. Mm. Like, you know what my favorite part about th this whole comment? So we can harp on housing and prices and all that stuff. So then what do you do about it, right? What do you oh, do? Well, well, open the green belt. You know, change, change <laughs> it, change it with your vote. Change it with your vote. vote? And this is the biggest oh, wait. This is the biggest on. cop out answer that I see online that drives me nuts. A vote vote for them out. Who? Vote, vote for, for what? who? Who am I gonna vote for that's gonna change this? Please tell me who do I vote for that's going to make any material change to the we have a systemic issue here. We have a system, you know. Um hey. I, I saw uh, sorry. Olivia Chow, that's that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, she's actually she's great for investors because she's gonna run the city into the ground, and probably the bottom is in maybe two to three years from now, and that's when oh. you scoop up the that's pendulum good. is gonna swing the other way, and then it's gonna be all up sunshine and rainbows. But realistically, like, like what is gonna happen here? Like, who do you what vote for? What can you do? I think the, the, the conversation has to be, we'll have a systemic issue. Like, how is it that 30 years ago, 8% of a new construction house, 8% of it went to the government. And now 30 years later, 31% of it goes to the government. There's a systemic issue we have with the government that is way beyond politicians. So the question in the conversation should be, how do you fix that? Because I don't have the answer, but I know that we me know. going out and voting is going to do sweet all like it's gonna do nothing a lot of, a lot of people are talking about the federal government to re, uh relieve the gst portion on uh purpose-built rentals right so just five percent right so you know okay total, so that's a step in the right if you, do, if you build a purpose-built uh, rental you've got to pay if you if you do condos right and there's hst the um 
purchasers paying for that, right? It's in the price. There's a rebate, you know, the, the, the purchaser is the one who pays for it, but on a purpose built rental, because you're keeping the building, because you're going to be the one who owns it, you have to pay on the finished price. You have to pay taxes on the finished price. Right. So it means if it's a hundred million total project, that 5% would be a $5 million savings, which is not that much. But at the end of the day, most projects I'm sure cost anywhere from, you know, 50 to 200 million, whatever they are. No, so if that, you're going from 13 to five, I mean, that can definitely help a lot of projects. You, you, Pencil. From 13 to eight, right? So there you go, five, 5 million bucks. Oh, 13 to eight, five, yeah, okay, five, yeah. 5 million bucks now anyway. can go towards whatever it is in order to be able to get that project on the off the ground instead which, of them doing condos. Yeah, which, so I mean, so, but let's look at that because, that, okay, let's say that that's enough to incentivize some developers to build purpose-built rental now, okay? That money used to get spent on something because you know we're not on budget here we're always like in surplus right so so now what now now either all of our public uh um um services start to get worse and i don't know if you've gone to the doctor or anything lately or oh my god i i had two horrible doctor experiences this week okay like this medical system is totally going to shit it's insane no, but it's insane how it works right now. Anyways, okay, I'm going on a tangent. The point is, is that that money that you're giving to the developers or incentivizing the developers with just evaporated because that guy's going to do a project of some similar scope, okay? And there would have been a tax component of 5% more, right? And now there isn't. So where does the money come from, guys? Because they can't not make it up. We're already over budget. So where does it come from? Either a service or another tax, right? Or inflation. Those are the only options because it has to get made up because we got to spend more on this stupid fucking thing. But I'm no mathematician. Yeah. If the project doesn't get built, how much money does the government get at that yeah, but point? But they're building condos instead of purpose-built rentals. They're not not building stuff. Well, there's other sites that are going to end up being built because of this too, right? So you have to look at it that way. Right, it's right. like, there's got to be some income. Like all these times that these parking lots are being converted into 400 units. I don't just think like, so. Like there's only so many that developers, go? but there's only just, so many guys that saying. can do it. And then there's only so much labor that can do it. So let's say we get another 25 great developers in the city that take on three projects each. We can't even build them. It doesn't matter. We could get all the permits in the world. We are in such a clusterfuck that we can't get out of that. The only way out is to completely great reset the system. Oh my God. Oh my what God. What does that mean? What does I great don't know, reset, but what like, does that mean? What does I'm that not, mean? I'm only saying that for like entertainment purposes. No, it's right? clickbait, but, they, but tell it, me, what does it, it mean? It needs something needs to be fixed because look, if you fix it so it's affordable, you fuck more than half the population out of all the equity they've built. If you bring up wages for all the people so that they can afford stuff now, like that is just like going to fuck things up on a level that we can't even describe. Plus all those people will probably be unemployed in the next 10 years because of software. Right. So like, 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 I don't even think we can ever figure it out at all because it's like the only way is to figure out a totally new way of doing this thing. And then that means you need 40 million people to agree on something like this and not like start killing each other or killing who knows who. Okay, I'm not even let's joking. Talk about, okay, so so let's talk about something that's plausible because none of that is plausible, right? None of it's so, plausible? I don't think so, man. I think look, wow. look how what it takes. Well, I'm just being realistic. I thought like, I was. 
Oh, well, I think I think that's too much time on Twitter. The great reset. Like I'm I not get even it. on Twitter I, anymore, which is good, which is smart. I got to get off of it. I keep saying that and <laughs> I'll probably pull that off one day. But look, prices have to come down. In my opinion, they have to come down. And I've been thinking that for the longest for 10 years, I've been thinking prices have to come down and they just keep doing the opposite. Right. You know, I am. Concerned. What are my kids going to do? Right. I, am I going to live 2000 kilometers away from them because they can't afford to live near me? Like, what are we all going to do? So I am concerned and I think prices have to come down, but what is the real, what is the solution? And this is, a, I want the conversation to change about government. Government put us into this federal, municipal, provincial, not, no politician is going to save us. We'll have a systemic issue. What do we do about the systemic issue? This is where all That's conversations That's what needs have to, to reset is the government but system. What does that mean? Okay, well, how do we do that? That's what I want to, and you know, I don't want to get Software. into politics because I don't follow it. I don't follow politics. That's TK knows just, the answer. He's waiting over it? there to tell us. He knows it. No, I'm listening. I'm go ahead. I'm listening. I got it. No, I'm just. Go I'm wondering he what, does what do it. we do? How do we steer the conversation in a productive place? Because telling me to vote is not productive. No. Me voting is doing nothing. Mm -hmm. as, as, as sad as that is, to, I used to vote. I used to vote. No, I, I I will. I still farce. vote. I just don't vote. One for of, any, sorry. One of the secrets. It's a farce. I got the secrets to you guys. Tell me. All right. Let's figure it. out the show one, right now. One. I'm telling you right now. You got to get off Twitter. That's number one. Two. I'm really. doing it. Two. Do you know how many times I've heard the Great Reset mentioned to me since I started doing this podcast? Do you know how many times it's been mentioned on the show? Or how many times I've seen it, read it, heard about it? Never. Guess how many times I've looked it up? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Smart. This yeah, is the knows. secret. Okay? Mm. That is the secret. Don't worry about any of those things. Accept the things that are in your life the way they are and do yeah. the best you can and you will live a happy life. But worrying about my... the politics and oh. what's going to change and how it's going to change. And you, you've you got a strong opinion about this and why it's not right. And you're going to share with everybody how... This is why know, we're off the rails deep, now. How deep we are. I, I'm not saying it's not true. But I'm letting you know that as an individual, the best thing you can do is to be able to... Wash your hands of it. Right. Like, Walk I, away. I subscribe. subscribe on an individual basis. You're, for your you're right. For and, yourself, and do the it's best good. You can. Great. Great. If you're going to write a book about it, go ahead, write a book. Go New ahead. headline, TK says, fuck humanity, right? That's good worry life. about enjoy, yourself. Enjoy life. Enjoy and not, life. And don't sweat the smoke. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. You know, here's he's so right. So TK, I subscribe and I do everything you said. I literally don't care. But because we're recording this and yeah. I want to give people ideas what to think about and how to think about this, I think the conversation has to change. But ultimately, it comes down to accountability and everybody's responsible for themselves straight up. Like I'm so, not gonna sugarcoat it. Like so, what about take the, care of your own shit? So what about the 15 students living in a house on the floor, maybe on a mattress, paying 500 bucks that came here to go to school, um, to live the Canadian dream? What do we What do we tell those guys about the next five years of their lives? Get a job. Get a job so that you yes. can go to school, have a job, and pay how much money on like after you've paid for your tuition as much okay. money as you can That's afford fucked. so yeah. that you I, accept things the way that they are and do the best you can because yeah, i don't disagree society's with that. always been like this it's always been the strongest will survive it's like mm -hmm. you know we're always competing against this i get it there are there is a space for there is a space for social housing there is a space for social uh, support i believe there are people who are under privilege but at the end of the day 
Yeah. Everybody has to be able to fight for what's theirs and people need to be willing to work hard. And this is a capitalist society. If you want to be how we fight, though, able right? to be able to, you know, survive in Toronto and live in Toronto, you need to do what it takes to be able to, be to survive in Toronto. Killer, and if you're you like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to go. Then yeah. you go somewhere else and you move somewhere else. If you're like, I'm too lazy and I don't yeah. want to have any uh, stress in my life, yeah. then your lifestyle will be less than what others are. I, I mean, I don't want to have stress anymore. But there, I think, I think you're looking at it reality. From but a, I'm a killer, TK. You're out there killing it. Yeah, I know. I'm killing it, but I'm tired, man. I'm getting yeah. old. I think you're looking at you're it grinding. from a, from a, from a very. It, it's not the right way to look at the student situation. So what I'm gonna oh. say is again, as an immigrant, when we came here, we lived like shit, straight up. We did not have good accommodations. You're looking at their situation as you Canadian, you live well, life is good. White privilege. Like, well, how can they live like that? I came from a completely different life. Yeah. So for me, being in a room with 15 people is actually not bad because I'm safe. I don't have to be outside. Nobody's going to come kill me and I can go and work my ass off. Nobody's going to stop me from working. So for me, my situation is good. I don't know why you're feeling sorry for me because here I am happy as shit. I don't care how bad it looks to you. I'm happy. I have my safety. I have a roof over my head. Nobody's going to come after me. Those are serious concerns I had before coming here. No, but these kids are complaining. It's not, I'm not making okay, this well, shit they're up. They're in the news. They like, they're going, they're pleading for they help. Go like, back. This is crazy. Well, I know what we'll do is we'll they ban foreign back. students. They can go they can back. Go back. <laughs> but listen, if they don't like Get it, they can go back, right? and they can go back. I love, I love it. And listen, I love I'm, I don't disagree, actually. I think you're both right. Like, get a fucking job. And make it work a hundred percent. But the reality is of all the people that come in, most are not built this way, right? And the ones that are built this way need the other ones in like a, a, a symbiotic relationship that works for everyone, right? And so when you start broadening that gap, like we are now, it's it's not fun. And people, listen, maybe you came here knowing it was going to be a struggle for a while. And I don't know what your struggle looked like, but I don't think you were lying on a mattress on the floor in a moldy room looking over at some other guy. I was. I was. It was actually worse. It was worse. Was it worse? Tell me. Let's it was talk worse. about it. I'm not yeah, going to talk about it. I don't think Why? it's relevant. But and again, no, I, don't, I don't take pride. No, no. Look, I'm That's telling so you, I had, when we came, life wasn't peachy. And, but this privileged is people now, need to understand what it feels like. And it's also, I don't want to make it to be a comparison who had it harder. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, ask any immigrant, first generation immigrant that came, nobody had it easy. I don't know a single person that had it easy. Everybody had their own struggle. No. And the ones coming now, they have their own set of struggles. And arguably, it's probably a lot harder than it was in the 90s even now. So I empathize with them. But there's no silver bullet here, man. It's it's either you make it or you don't. And that's right. it. And that's the end of the story. There's no, there's no hand-holding. It's, it's funny, it. though, how they all of a sudden now are like, well, we're going to shut off the tap because it's the foreign students that are causing these problems. And the government just isn't willing to be able to take any responsibility whatsoever. Right. So and now it's just, the gun is always just pointed at people who are not Canadians because they're not voting, obviously. The way right? these guys stand but up. There. There's so Fuck. there's so there's so many changes that need to happen. And the, and the poor students, I mean, geez, like. Crazy. I imagine there's some pretty decent students of as you're talking about a different situation where, you know, you're coming from hardship and then you come here and then the situation to you, your perspective, which I love is I'm, I'm safe and grateful. I'm hear about it. grateful. Yeah, exactly. Sure. They are, these students may be coming from actually a reasonably middle-class life where they're, where they're at. 
and they were just Come like, to oh, go I'm going to go and study. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to study abroad in, yeah. in Canada, right? Yeah, and they, they have so great excited. English uh, educations and all that kind of stuff back home, right? Probably yeah. like a lot of Indians and things like that. It's very common. And so then when they come here and they're just like, what? Like I've, I've budgeted my, my currency is four to five to one or something like that. You know, I've budgeted a certain amount of money. You know, I don't think, I think it's way more four to five, one, but whatever it is, the, the amount of money that I have budgeted is like not enough to be able to support me here. And now I've got to go and rent a room with however many different people. And, and obviously the conditions get worse and worse as, as uh, you know, time goes on lower and lower. Right. So uh, I feel for those guys, but at the end of the day, you know, like you're here to get an education. You got to find the best figure it out, boys. You can look. There's cash jobs out there. I agree. I, there's listen, cash jobs out there. There's somebody when, right now working a cash job, dying to be able to, you know, go to school and all that kind of stuff to, to feed their family, to uh, bring their mother over from another country. Like they're just working their tails off right sure. now to be able to make this work. And so oh. I, I don't believe that it's impossible I, I do believe that everybody's got an opportunity to be able to make their lives better no but you know what's interesting i read this there it was at least a headline canadian millennials and gen xers are making more money than ever but it's not catching up to their debt and that's kind of like what i was saying before i tried to start saying is like first of all i'm a decade older at least oh no actually i'm not but i'm older than both of you actually maybe you guys remember but like when i was growing up to make a hundred grand like you're rich, man. Like, yeah, it was a big you're deal. You're doing fucking great. Six figure salary, man. Like, that was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Fuck, man. If you don't have, you can't look. We just said 180 grand gets an average home. Nobody wants an average home, right? <laughs> nobody's no, you got to do what it takes to make 180. No, grand, but nobody's sitting there growing up. Have going, a good job. Yeah. I want an average home when I grow up. I, I, would I haven't seen any job. Job advertisements that said uh, starting at one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year salary. UPS right? driver, right? Yeah. Did you see that craziness? UPS driver, labor union got them like literally like that's like a. I don't even know if it's a starting salary, but that's like a, not a very high salary in that company anymore. What? So you can go drive a truck for UPS for the next three years till the automated trucks come into into play. And how much and they made the, the unions happy for a few years until the trucks come out. How much are they making? I'm not even kidding. Like it's like a hundred something thousand dollars to drive a UPS truck. And there's even like people that work for them saying like, this is true. Like we actually yeah. make this much money, yeah. which is crazy. They're pretty Isn't important it? these days with e-commerce and stuff like that. Like how vital is now, or do we rely on guys driving around in a truck with packages all day? That's a For pretty sure. vital service. It's right? going to get even more vital. Like soon you're starting to hear about, uh, aren't you hearing rumblings about like masks again and lockdowns? No, Oh man, dude, no. where, where are you getting all of this? What do you mean? Don't you guys like read? You guys are so busy selling to. houses. And no, I'm we try to actually do something nothing. productive. We try to do yeah. something productive, <laughs> but you don't think research is productive. I saw I mean, one headline recently which talked about some sort of variants or some sort of policies or something like that. You guys and I are... chose not I chose not to click on that article. Click yeah, that's how I wrote yeah. <laughs> What about so the TTC? I know, what, I know what? what they're trying to do with this article. You choose not to go on the TTC, but as soon as you go towards the TTC, there's a sign that says you have to wear a mask now. Did you know that? I don't I, yeah. I haven't taken, I haven't taken the, TTC the TTC in a long time. Crazy. And it's actually happening. So imagine. Maybe it's time to buy some stock in Amazon again. 
I'm not, listen, these are not conspiracies. Like you guys have to know that things are true out there that, that, that are like, what do you guys not listen to any of this stuff? What about but bricks? Listen, here's on, what about bricks? Do you listen to stuff about the bricks? Currency? Hold on a second. Can I ask you, can I ask you a question? Let me ask war? you a question. What about the war? So for me, instead of listening to this, I'd rather go to the gym, work out, stay healthy, eat well, plan my mm. food, have good food. And then save money and live below my means, right? Exactly. Put the blinders on and not give a shit. Okay. So then whenever these things happen, what do yeah. I care? It's, but how do you plan again, on a macro level if you're not because, in tune with the macro? What is or there you're to not, plan? What is there there's, to plan? There's certain money, things on the macro help. level that you need to follow for sure. I like think, it's not uh, like you it's not like you ignore all of it. Like BRICS right now is pretty important right now. I don't know. Maybe it's my no more trends on the US it. dollar. We've no, got, you know, a few more nations. What are you gonna do about it? Year. Are you gonna rebalance your portfolio? Are you gonna sell all your stocks? Like I'm just asking, like what Some actionable thing can you do based on that. headlines? But no, you can't. No, you can't. Show me somebody with a good track record of doing all this buying and stuff. I'd rather just keep buying Vanguard, that's S&P 500, and shut up. Mm. And let it sit. Let it ride. Because I don't know. I don't have the time to go follow this and then execute on it with any sort of track record. In fact, let me tell you, when I first got out of university, I had five grand. And I used to day, tra uh, day trade stock option. I was, I, was, I don't know, mid-20s. I started with five grand. I got up to like 17 Gs. And then I lost the whole thing on I can't believe which company it was. And I literally walked out of work that day. I didn't even care about anything because I just lost everything I made. And it's because I was doing all of this nonsense. And then I realized very quickly, set it and forget it. The only thing you can kind of time or do whatever is maybe with real estate where you have some sort of an edge as an insider. Other than that, what's the point? Well, let me give what's you an example, point? but let me give what's you an the... example. Okay. So, 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 so at least from my perspective, and this might be a, a different a difference here because perspective makes a big difference. So, so my, when I look at everything, at least project wise, I have to look at much longer horizons than most people look. And I have to have a great feeling because it's big money about what I'm about to get into based on what's happening in the macro environment. Okay. So when I, so when I heard about Evergrande the first time, and everybody was talking like it was nothing and blah, 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 blah. It was nothing. I was in meetings with my partners going, we have to get out now because things are going to change. I feel it. And it's just from experience, maybe. I don't know. But like when I heard that, I felt like it was the first domino to fall. And I'd been through it before from experience that outside weird forces that nobody's paying attention to can fuck up my entire life right? And flip me upside down and I could lose everything. So that little inkling, right? Based on this crazy thing that everybody said was going to be nothing turned into the best move we made. Because if we waited three, four more months, okay, the interest would have eaten us alive because the, the rates were going up so crazy. And on land deals like that, you're tied to prime, right? So, so I, for me, I think like I have to know all these things that could affect things here because you don't know which one is going to like have a great effect this way or a fucking disaster eventually. If you're like looking five years out all the time. Well, can I just say something? So in 2021, end of 2021, right as we were going into the peak, I was going to, I was, I went firm on a two and a half million dollar property that I wanted to subdivide, subdivision, and then do four townhouses, severance, all that stuff. The exit was over 4 million bucks. I went firm, you know, it was a big deal for me. I talked to my wife and uh, when I went firm, I gave the deposit and I had uh, some time for due diligence and then to get the money. And I couldn't sleep that night. 
And it wasn't because Evergrande, like, and it was, everything was good. Remember, it was peak mania, right? It was, it was, this, this happened December 23rd, 2021. And then we peaked in February, 2022. So I was like 60 days before the quote unquote crash, right? I couldn't sleep that night. I pulled out of the deal. Thankfully, the guy, and he had, he, he let me out. He felt for me. I told him, listen, I think I got myself in over my head. I don't have the staying power for this project. If things go south, I won't be able to weather the storm. He, and the guy was in his fifties. He's like, no problem, man. I'll let you out. He gave me the money back. Some other rich dude bought it. Cool. And then this whole thing shits the bed, right? The market goes down. I didn't have the foresight that the market was going to drop like it did. And then the rates are going to go up. Like I, I would have been washed out. Even in my models, I want to look back at my models. I never modeled anything as extreme as what happened. But I didn't get out because I was watching macro news. It was just simple basics. Do, do I have staying power? That's it. Like I always ask myself this question. Do I have staying power for any of these things? So you as a developer, that's always your number one question. All these guys that bank land and do these deals, everything with long-term horizon that's e-liquid, you're always looking for staying power. So I think whether Evergrande happened or not, I think you're always answering that question no matter what. So if like right now, it's so volatile. The market is super volatile right now. Anything long-term, you obviously, look, I'm paying attention grand scheme of what's happening. Look, when COVID happened, the first thing I did, I took, without disclosing amounts, I opened multiple bank accounts at credit unions because they have higher deposit insurance than banks. So bank insurance is about 100,000 of your deposits. Credit unions like Duke could do $250,000. So I moved money around because I was worried, well, what if, what if, what if? So I moved shit around immediately so that I protect some sort of assets just in case something happened with this bank, right? So I'm not oblivious to it, but I'm just saying big picture, I can't account for everything that's happening. It's just not possible. So that's why I always say, give yourself breathing room, live below your means and have staying power. And if you don't, then you have to then rebalance your portfolio and figure out alternatives. You have to have a bunch of different options, right? It's always optionality. If this happens, what do you do then? If that happens, what do you do now, right? So what you're doing is the right thing to do. I just, I want to make sure that people don't think you got to inundate yourself with bricks. No, you go crazy enough. knowing and following all this shit. It's not for normal people. That's for But I think it's a trap too, because you can overreact on it. That's what I worry about because I've been yeah. in a situation where I've sold things yeah. because I was watching the news. I sold early and I'm The like, best options traders are always very adamant about not reading any of those earnings reports and news articles and everything like that. Like they're they're very in tune with the price um, uh, points of where stocks need to be and where they're not supposed to be. And that's what they base their decisions off of. Right. But all this other news is all yeah. very just hearsay nonsense, you know, that we get and into. And real estate's the exact same way. I'm only it countering is. your point, Daryl, because yes. you, you, you're sharing an anecdote where you did well, and I'm sharing the opinion that I yeah. get where you're coming from, well, but I'm telling you the other side of it where I've prematurely done stupid things but, to get out. Faz, we're disappointing, the, we're disappointing everybody right now who's listening to this show, okay? They were listening to us because they were hoping that some of the information we were sharing today was going to help them with a decision in the future. There's just too <laughs> many variables, There's right? too many. All other things being equal. If this happens, we, we know 100% that this is where the market's going to go. But if any one of those things changes, well, then, you know, the market can well, go he, in the opposite here's direction. Here's actionable... Here's actionable right. stuff I'll tell you. I, I rebalanced my real estate portfolio. Like I've had a, a lot of action, like good and bad happen over the last three months. I had a property that I had to get a litigator involved and potentially put in power of sale because I'm holding the VTB on it. The second the letter went out, everything got resolved hmm. until you know it doesn't. But 
until it does. I've, I've been thinking a lot about what what's happening, right? So, like for example, I got rid of a condo I had downtown because I'm very I'm I'm a little bit bearish on downtown condos in general. I just feel my biggest risk there is just maintenance fees and just inflation and deferred maintenance. I think condos are going to struggle because of it. I don't think they're bad investments. They're great if you have a low cost Based. basis and you got in a long time ago where the whole thing is turnkey. That's as passive as an investment you're going to get. But, but the reason I got out, the, the biggest reason is because I think the deals are going to come. And there are deals that within the GTA that are going to make fundamental sense that I can get, get into We're on the multifamily side. So that's what I'm looking at. Like Just because there's variability and stuff happening, I'm not out of the market. I'm actively... I'm actively looking. I'm actively, like I went, I did a road trip on the East. I looked at a ton of multifamily and there are guys crushing it, absolutely crushing it out there. Whether it's, you know, whatever, I'm not going to give out all the names of the towns and stuff, but like, there's just, there's a ton of opportunity. Guys are making moves. Uh, I had coffee with a developer friend of mine. He's in his sixties. He's been in this game for 40 years, very successful, develops a ton of stuff in the East. He's actively doing stuff. He doesn't give a shit. Now, like you know what I mean? There, he's building. He's just starting a new townhouse uh, subdivision out east. He's like, I can't stop. I have to be like you know. He'll lose money on some. He'll make a lot of money on others. It's just you know he's not looking for a home run every single time, but he has to be consistent, and he can't just stop operations because whatever. He can just try to scale back. You know, take some risk off the table. Maybe liquidate some stuff, rebalance. But you you can't stop. You have to keep going. No, but this is like people are thinking this way now, right? And like veterans are thinking this way, and like absolutely they are. But they're thinking this way because not because they're just like got a inkling, you know. Like they're think they know what's going on. These guys are reading and they're watching shit, and maybe they're not crazy like me and telling everybody all the stupid shit in their heads all the time. But like even your decisions are, I think are based on these macro things that you track, right? I mean, that's why I like watching you is because you give me stats and data that I actually believe on a macro level, right? I think if, if people are not in tune with these things, I know firsthand 2008, 2009, whatever year it was that I got wiped out, I've blocked it out of my memory, the actual month and, and, and year but like the crazy thing is, is that you like I I had the feeling I was listening to the stuff that was telling me that the market was going to go down and I didn't fucking listen that time. I thought it was crazy. I thought I didn't it didn't matter here. Right. Because this is Toronto and people with money are going to buy my beautiful houses. And I was like, so wrong. Like the opposite of wrong. Like the worst wrong possible. That's the opposite of right. It's yeah. the op- the extreme opposite of brilliant. It was the dumbest mm-hmm. shit ever. And I I had so many opportunities to get out and listen, and I didn't. But I mean, here's an example of how the developer is looking at the the guy I had coffee with. Here's what he said. He just he said it so these guys don't look at. <laughs> they're not sitting there looking at uh, ten monitors and tracking every single thing. They just wow. have some very basic metrics. So what he said is this. He's like, in my experience, I've been through a couple of these cycles. Usually when you jack up interest rates, it takes 18 months for the dominoes to start falling. And he told me last week, he's like, the first domino hasn't fallen and we're just entering the 18 months. And to me, that's basically as much analysis as I need to kind of know what he's anticipating. And it makes sense to me. Beyond that, I don't need to read any more headlines, right? So what I think is going to happen, I think there's more pain for sure to come. But every single time, the problem with me saying that is that every single time I've said it, I've been wrong. 
Right. Because the market always does the opposite. I think we're so, in for pain yeah. and then it does its own thing, right? We're but going again, on I, three years of being wrong on this show. Right. Here. We're always wrong. But you know and what? I don't care. I, I don't care because be... it's not gonna it's not gonna change yeah. anything in terms of I'm still gonna continue looking for that property and I'm gonna get super aggressive once the fall market's over yeah. because I've had a track record where the dead of winter is my absolute favorite time to shop when just just it just psychologically everybody's not you know who wants to go out in minus 20 and buy property nobody that's when i'm super pumped just like when covid happened i get super pumped when everybody's like doing something else i don't know what it is so i'm still excited but obviously it has to be the right the numbers have to make sense and fundamentally i now cash is all of a sudden king like the rents have to right. carry a substantial amount of my my carrying costs like i'm not buying just for appreciation which was the play for the last 10 years yeah so it's tricky but this is why it's like this is why you get paid now because you actually have to find deals. And same goes for residential real estate. Like, what do you do? How do you strategize a buy and a sell right now in this market? It's super volatile. Yeah. Like, it's this is it. This is where you can shine based on what you know. But again, I just try to distill everything to just super simple metrics. And I don't get into the headlines because I'm too stupid to know how bricks or Evergrande is going to trickle down here on the micro level in Toronto or in Markham. Like, what do I know about it? Like, you mm. know, th there was a tw Twitter post. I am that, a genius. So. Well, let me tell you something. Let me, right? like, I mean, here's on, on Twitter, obviously. somebody posted that somebody whispers of like uh, Chinese and, and the GTA over with properties over 4 million have to start listing because of Evergrande, whatever. I don't remember. I'm, I'm butchering the whole thing. And then they show a map of House Sigma. And this is like my favorite thing. This is such a good clickbait. They post a, a, a screenshot of House Sigma of all the listings, but there's no context. So you're looking at hundreds of listings and it's like, oh my God, there's so many listings. The market's going to shit. So I go on MLS and I got to go through all the nonsense of trying to like do my analytics. And I pull out and there's like literally 66 properties over 4 million that are listed or have been listed actively in Markham in 2023. And usually that number in 2022 and 2021 was like between 80 and 90, something like that. I can't so, believe there's 66 houses in Markham that are worth that much. Oh, uh, there's a lot more. It's actually lower than normal. Yeah. it's actually, yeah. Now, mind you, the year is not done. But the point yeah. is when you show stats, out of, and that's why I started creating these trend lines, because I'm sick and tired of information out of context, because it confuses people. This is how... and. It works really well on There's Twitter. There's an agenda. Because, People have an agenda, yeah. right? So they're just trying to promote a certain idea. Yeah, and it's, it's just mm. like, come on, man. Like, I'm I understand, like, times are not here. great. Times are not great, but let's not paint this whole doom and gloom. And I have my clients. I have some clients that follow me on Twitter, and we'll make jokes. They're like, oh, did you see what this guy posted? Like, oh, my God, I don't know if you should put an offer. I'm like, fuck, now I got to answer this stuff, too? Like, because mm. so-and-so, which is one of the biggest doom and gloom posters, he posted this. Now it's affecting me, and I'm, I'm kind of laughing at the same time, but it is what it is, man. It's just wild. This Twitter is wild. Fuck. I don't, I don't, if my X. clients are on Twitter, I, I, I just tell them I can't help them. I I'm can't work like, with you <laughs> anymore. Sorry. It's not going to work, work with if you you're anymore. getting advice from Twitter. House Sigma. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. You want to go on House Sigma? I use House Sigma. That's cool. Sigma is great. House yeah, Sigma yeah, is yeah. great. It's the best thing ever, man. I, kudos to the whatever, whoever did it because it's super helpful. Faz, where can we find you? We've got people who are listening on uh, pod podcast platforms. We've got people watching on YouTube. Where can people find you? Give yourself a plug here. Let's go. So City Estates on YouTube and City Estates on TikTok. And I'm probably going to get off all the other stuff. I don't do so. Instagram, rarely. Twitter. You will not find him on X, guys. So don't even X. look for him there. He's not You there. will. Well, He's I'm big on there. He might be there today. When he's he's there. But don't He's expect for, for it to be very long. 
Yeah. Is there so anything that we didn't cover that we needed to cover? Did we did we learn anything, folks, today? TK. Yeah, that me, like me and Visor, Visor are more in line with a lot of different things than you yeah, and I are. That's yeah. for sure. And I and and look, um, you guys are both handsome and in shape and successful. And I'm like old and fat and doing nothing over here. I think right. uh, I learned that I need to spend more time in the gym. That's for sure. And less time on social media. Because, mm. I mean, you could go pretty crazy. Although, I do enjoy getting stuck in some of these rabbit holes from time to time because like every once in a while you need a break don't you feel like life these days is like 24 7 work almost like it's hard to like separate work and life and they are all intertwined and all fucked up like sometimes it's just nice to get fucking like zoned out on some stupid stuff no mm. you know what I, some I, hobbies. The, the, I need some hobbies the key to twitter i think is there's a lot of good stuff on there now that I've started muting people, it's much better. But I think the key is to read and not post because when you post, people you attack. activate that dopamine where you gotta go back and check that yeah. did somebody respond. Like, and that's where I think the negativity starts for me. So I think it's best to just read it five, 10 yeah. minutes and then just be out. When I uh when I got kicked off of Twitter was probably the best thing that ever happened, no joke. And then when I started up another account i was like i can't do it like that anymore like i can't be stuck on twitter all day like checking the likes and talking to people and trying to grow this thing like fuck it it's too crazy you already got a youtube channel that we gotta no but yeah, the youtube about. channel we put it out there and we have a good time and like uh everybody's having fun this this, this is one of my most enjoyable periods of the week those comments we get, yeah. guys, if you're listening love right it. now, those comments, we love it. Keep commenting, love keep it. liking, keep subscribing. Keep subscribing. We appreciate you guys. What Dale do you guys have now? Had, uh, How many subscriptions subs? today? We just, we just went over 4,500 here. Whoa. And, uh, yeah. Good job. Yeah, that's a, on YouTube, that's a freaking, that's a milestone. It's, an it's such a hard place to grow. That was our, that was my yearly Slowly goal. We hit our we, yearly goal. Already we think we took August. it th for a thousand. It was two years. And then now the last year it's been pretty good. So, but our other so, channel, the clips channel is almost at a thousand. Guys, now. Check out, We're about to get like, monetized. You didn't like the episode you're listening to right now. Go check out Canadian real estate show clips. Yeah. It's just all, uh, all sorts of goodness over there and bite size uh, portions. The best right. clip, the best clickbait. You guys have the best clickbait note, like by far. <laughs> I don't know how you churn that. Do you have a video editor that churns these things through? Because there's so many of them. We have a we do have an editor we that makes staff. the videos, but uh, all the all the important stuff like the thumbnails and the and the titles. Oh, that's your specialty. This is uh, this is up. It in gets this, it right from uh, Twitter. This genius mind up here. Oh, this is so good. I love the, the clips are solid, man. I watch your clips like. I can't, I can't help myself because it's, it's for me, it's great entertainment, man. It's like, I don't know what wild shit you guys are going to say or you the see? guests. You see, people are starting to get it, TK. People just the wild, the wildness. That's it. The wild factor. You do it long enough and eventually yep. you find people that like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Always a Appreciate We're forcing people buddy. to like us. It's absolutely yeah, well, that's the, true. You have to. Sometimes you have formula. To. This is the absolute formula. Well, everybody happy Sunday. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Mr. TK. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to the baseball game on Monday with you, sir. Absolutely. Nice. Mr. Vaz, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. I love it, man. Time flies. I can't believe it. It's been an hour or so. See, TK's awesome. busy doing stuff today, so we got to end it. Otherwise, we, we could talk for three boys. more hours. <laughs>